There's a little tab on the FCC.gov website that says you can complain about uh, or or you you can file an FCC complaint. And one of the yeah, there it is, right there. File a consumer complaint. And the FCC actually has rules against broadcasting false information. But then there's plenty of other stipulations. For example, it says, um, the FCC occasionally receives complaints regarding allegedly false information aired on TV or radio. The FCC reviews all complaints for possible violation of its rules, which are narrow in scope. Broadcasting false information that causes substantial public harm. So substantial. Again, we'll have to leave it up to a lawyer. Broadcasting false content during news programming. The FCC is prohibited by law from engaging in censorship or infringing on First Amendment rights of the press. It is, however, illegal for broadcasters to intentionally distort the news. Here we go. There's another buzzword, intentionally. Well, I just, I didn't know. They handed me the paper and they said, read this in front of the camera. And so I did. It's a typical thing with the left. Oh, whoops. Sorry. We didn't mean to be bad at our jobs. Like, uh, like the whole Twitter ordeal that's going on right now. New news has come out. Or I should, I, I should say more details. We've got some more details. In the Twitter saga, you know that Elon Musk is, well, he's pretending like he wants to back out of the deal because Twitter wasn't giving him the information that he needed about the bots. Now, why does Elon want to know about the bot accounts and the fake accounts you know, have I? I highly encourage you right now. Just jump into your browser, and and we can do it together. I'm going to do it for fun because I like to see the pictures. But let's just type in "bot farm" into our search engine, and we'll click on images, and boom, there we go. Stacks and stacks of racks on racks of cell phones plugged into computers. The computers being used to simultaneously disseminate a message across social media using all of these different cell phones logged into individual accounts to whatever. Cultivate public opinion, I suppose, is one thing. But the number of active users on Twitter is valuable only because people are spending money to advertise their product in front of all of these active users. Now, if these active users are fake bot accounts, that impacts the value of Twitter greatly. So, of course... Anyone purchasing this property wants to know that they're getting the value 
that Twitter is claiming exists for that property. Now, as we're going through this whole process, we've learned that Twitter was only going through about 100 accounts a day out of, well, let's find out. How many Twitter users? How many people use Twitter in 2022? New Twitter stats as of January 5th, the day before the anniversary of the insurrection, you guys. The first tweet was sent by Jack Dorsey, Twitter CEO, on March 21st, 2006. Aww. Close to 400 million users. So if I did this math right, it would take 4 million days for Twitter to go through 100 accounts per day to cover all 400 million Twitter users. So in 11,000 years, at 100 accounts per day, Twitter could get through all 400 million users. Now, Elon wants to get this deal done in October or February. So they need, they need to figure out, well, I mean, first of all, Twitter wants to cover it all up. They don't want people to know. And, and really, I mean, see, Elon's going to take the company private, which means no more stock purchasing, no more options, no more trading. So he doesn't really care. Oddly, he doesn't really care about the public value. But Twitter does care about the public value. And it would seem that Twitter is extremely overvalued if, you know, 20% of the user accounts are bots or as much as 50%, some people speculate. Well, Twitter says only 5%. And I think it's becoming pretty widely known that that number isn't accurate. I'm just going to check Twitter stock price again here pretty quick. Oh, it's up a little bit from last time. I think it dropped down to like 34 bucks per share. Now it's up to 39, 39 bucks per share. So, hey, go Twitter investors. But the point is they do these things. And this can, Hillary Clinton was huge on this. Oh, whoops, I'm just bad. I'm just dumb. It's not a crime for being bad at your job, right? And this kind of plays in to the outrage culture. Like, oh, can you believe they fired me just for making this one small mistake? And this was a huge thing with the, uh, FBI spying on the Trump campaign, the Russia collusion uh, hoax, all of that stuff. Oh, whoops. Well, he, he said the information was good. I just thought I could, I thought I could trust him. I didn't realize that I was supposed to make sure that the information was actually good before I rolled it out to the media, before I sent it to the FISA courts to get the warrant approved so that I could spy on these American citizens. Oh, whoops. My mistake was 
was just an accident because you get into the legal system and you realize, oh, we got to prove intent. We got to prove that he knew that it was false information. That's that's how all of these journalists that broadcast all of this false information, that's how, I mean, these people are TV news anchors. How do you think they got this job? They were just walking by on the street and suddenly somebody threw a door open and said, you, can you read? All right, get in here. We need you to read this news. <laughs> just read from the paper. Don't ask quick. I mean, I don't know. Chris Cuomo's pretty dumb. I would believe it for him. But that's the thing. That's, that's what is really starting to bother me. Especially from the Republican conservative political pundits. They go, oh, Biden's so dumb. Kamala Harris is so dumb. AOC is so dumb. Like, no, they're not. They can't all be that dumb. All right. Some of them are doing it on purpose, at least some of them, if not all. I mean, that's one thing that the DNC really has going for them is they take a united front. Remember 2020? Every, like how many primary candidates did they have running? Let's find out. I must know. 2020 Democrat primary candidates. Oh, come on. Just give me a list for crying out loud. Okay. It looks like there was 29, 29 Democrats wanted to run for president in the 2020 election. And some came and went but then remember, there was that one day, I think what it was, the Iowa caucus. Or no, it was uh, the first primary. It was one of the Carolinas, if I remember correctly. Went really well for Joe Biden and boom, everybody quit. Everybody left quit and there were some great candidates. Are you telling me that none of them would have been better than Joe Biden? I would argue all of them would have been better than Joe Biden. But they all just dutifully bowed their head and walked away because the DNC said, no, Joe's our guy. And why? Because they couldn't. Uh, he was for sale. He had skeletons in the closet. He had dirt on his Shoe, is that a, I, I don't know if that's a, skeletons. Let's go back, <laughs> skeletons. And he could be manipulated. He could be blackmailed by foreign interests, by corporate interests, by other politicians. And why did nobody, why didn't Tulsi Gabbard say, I'm not dropping out because this isn't right. Well, because she wanted to have a political future. And is that such a bad thing? See, this is where I get stuck. Yesterday, I was talking about the evils of the directors at these media corporations that are taking this money 
from advertisers and has been basically agreeing to program the sort of content that these advertisers find appealing so that they will continue providing these ad dollars, right? So can we respect Tulsi Gabbard for not speaking up and speaking out and and potentially throwing away her political career? To say the DNC is trying to force us all out of this presidential race and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to lay down because I feel like I'm a better candidate for America than Joe Biden. I mean, if they were going to rip off the election, they could have ripped it off for anybody. So why did they choose Joe Biden? Well, it's becoming blatantly obvious, right? This guy does what he's told. I can't even read the headlines anymore that say, oh, Joe Biden did this and Joe Biden did that. Where, where's the FCC complaints? Brandon doesn't do anything. He practices reading from a teleprompter. And he obviously uh, he needs more practice. End of quote. Repeat the line. Boris Johnson, a man after my own heart, exiting the chamber. His final words to Parliament: "Hasta la vista, baby." Old Arnie. That's why I sign off with "I'll be back" because. Regardless of how you think of his politics, not everything has to be political. I was a big Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, a big Terminator fan. And that's his iconic line. So I pay a little tribute. I think one of my favorites, maybe guilty pleasure, was uh, True Lies. When did True Lies come out? I'm I'm just curious because the story was, you know, about the the terrorists. They had a nuke. 1994. Damn. Old. Old, old. It was also a book. What? The things you can learn on the internet. True Lies is a book by Anthony Lappe and Stephen Marshall of the Gorilla News Network. My curiosity is peaked. When questioning government policies is characterized as near treasonous and one appreciates the skillful dis- dissent displayed by the Gorilla News Network, Wait, what? This is a parody about USA Today. Oh, holy shit. It's, excuse me. It is, it is intelligence propaganda. Nice. That must be why it's only five bucks. 
Because, yeah, USA Today is known to be an intelligence propaganda dissemination apparatus. And really, I mean, who who's to say whether or not one is or one isn't? You know, there's a there's a position called a CIA liaison. And this position exists basically. <clears throat> I mean, it's as bad as you can imagine. Now, a CIA liaison exists in politics because. You know, the CIA, the the president specifically gets briefings from the CIA. But then there's elements in the CIA that also pull information from United States politics. They claim that they're there to push information, which they do. They, I'm sure they push whatever information they deem appropriate because the game is push this information in to distract or to prompt some kind of reaction. It's manipulation campaigns. And the CIA has liaisons in entertainment as well. And I found this article. It's uh, spyculture.com. Chase Brandon was the CIA's first entertainment liaison officer, working in the entertainment industry for over a decade from 1996 onwards. Brandon helped produce over... It's kind of funny. His name is Brandon. That poor name. That name and Karen are never going to be the same again. People, Nobody's going to name their kids Brandon anymore. And if you did, whoops. And same thing with Karen. Every, every time I see the name Karen, I think, oh, that poor woman. Brandon helped produce over a dozen... Ma- <laughs> Still with the Brandon. He helped produce over a dozen major films and a similar number of TV shows and more than any other individual helped set, it, set up a permanent CIA network within Hollywood and the rest of the industry. His website, chasebrandon.com, is a bit of a labyrinth, but... Used in the right way, it is a treasure trove of information and evidence of the relationship between the world's largest intelligence agency and the world's largest entertainment industry. It even presents the possibility that Brandon was involved in making Wag the Dog. Very little is known about Chase Brandon's career in the CIA before he was appointed their entertainment liaison officer. Brandon Seitz says that he worked for over 40 years for different institutions in the U.S. intelligence, military, and law enforcement apparatus. We know that he was in the CIA for around 25 years, working primarily on overseas covert operations before moving into entertainment propaganda. So there you go. And these people are everywhere. In fact, one of the first stories... One of the first smear pieces against Donald Trump uh, shortly after he took office. This article goes back to April 20th, 420, 
2017. It's from the Guardian, but since it's a hit piece, we know we can we we can know it's uh it'll at least be more sincere. When the history of Donald Trump's war with the US intelligence community is written, the name of the conflict's first casualty is unlikely to be recorded as the former Marine officer is still a serving CIA official. And this is why you got to be skeptical. Got to be skeptical of anyone that was in the military and anyone especially that was in the CIA because the CIA operates like its own country. It operates in all the countries. Well, maybe not all of them, but the important ones. And the story goes on to talk about how Trump fired this poor, innocent CIA official because he didn't want him around. And what a shock. Because the CIA doesn't work for the president or the people. It works for themselves. I'll be back. Goodbye.